Well, today is Back to the Church Sunday, a national initiative that's uh, all across this country of people making a journey back to the church. Uh, for some people uh, that just get out of the habit, it only takes about three or four weeks for that to happen. For others, uh, many of us uh, in the church, and if you've not been in the church too long, you know that you don't have to be in a church a very long time for you to get hurt. It uh, seems like the church is the place where hurting people meet. It's also a place sometimes that hurts people. And one of the things that I've tried to do in my ministry is to make sure that the church that I serve and the places that God has called me ends up being hospitals where people's needs are met, where the hurting can come to be helped, and that we don't hurt the hurting. And the only way that I know, the best way that I know to do just that again, is to maximize on God's grace and to focus on his steadfast love towards his people. We live in such uncertain times. There are so many things uncertain. A lot of us who are nearing retirement in the next couple of years are worried, are we going to have enough money? Uh, have we saved enough? Is there enough money in our 401k? What happens if there's some kind of national catastrophe? And there's always this push to put more money in gold or more money in silver and get out of the stocks, not to mention the fact that many people can't afford to play the market even if they wanted to. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's uncertainty about education. Where is education headed? And for administrators and for people in the school system, uh, it seems that change is the only thing that is consistent in our culture. There's a lot of uncertainty. If you're a parent, you're worried and you fear of what might happen to your child over the time as they become an adolescent, as they grow up, as we send them off to a trade school or we send them off to college. We hope and pray for God's best, but we have to give them up. And so there's a lot of uncertainty and we fear for those uncertainties. Not to mention the fact for those of us who are aging and for those of us who see doctors, there's always the threat of high blood pressure and cholesterol because of all the wondrous food that we eat on a day-to-day -day basis. There's a lot of uncertainty. You used to be able to travel in this country and go around this country and it was pretty safe, but today you never know. You never know when you're going to be walking down a street and a bomb might go off in an uncertain place, an uncertain destiny. It's all about timing. Some of you who grew up and you went on your own and you decided either to go into the military or whatnot, you went to places and you traveled to places that frankly you probably couldn't have found when you were in high school on a map, but suddenly you're in the midst of it, you're in the midst of conflict and you don't really know what you're fighting for. There's a lot of uncertainty. You know, it's interesting, a lot of us get married and we go before uh, at a church and we get married in a beautiful garden somewhere and we say, I do, and we exchange the vows and we exchange the rings. We go on the wonderful honeymoon, might be to Gatlinburg, could be to Myrtle Beach, and we might even go into debt to go to Europe sometimes, but we do these things. But, you know, no one ever plans sometimes for the chaos that ensues after the wedding day. There's a lot of uncertainty a lot of us go to high school, we graduate from high school, we want to go to college or we want to play sports. We put all our eggs in that basket, we want to play sports. We have trained for a number of years to do just that and we blow out our knee or we mess up our leg and suddenly we don't have the scholarship that we thought 
we might have. Or we go to school and we major in something and we think that we've bought into the promise that as long as you get a degree, you're going to have a great job, only to find out after graduation that the jobs are scarce. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of chaos not to mention the fact that there's people who are strung out on drugs. There are people that are depressed. There are people that have been kicked and shoved and prodded and poked in every sort of way. And yet today, some of those very people in this very room are people that are hurting. Oh, you may not be able to see their wounds because they've covered them up. And we're pretty good at disguising ourselves trying to make ourselves look the part and make ourselves seem like everything's okay. But there's this inner voice and this inner, there's this inner dimension of our lives that cries out for peace. It's the type of prayer that many of us have prayed, God, when are you going to do something? When are you going to fix this? When are you going to alleviate this pain? When are you going to take away this diagnosis? When are you going to restore my marriage? When are you going to change my child's heart? When are you going to return people to yourself? God, when are you going to move in our country? When are you going to move in our world? It seems like the enemy is rampant. Guess what? He is. And at every turn, he is looking for someone to devour. But as Peter reminds us, resist him, standing firm in your faith. There's so many things that are uncertain, but there's one thing that is constant, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the hope of the world. That is the city on the hill. That is the blessing that God wants for you and for me. An experience with his son Jesus Christ. An intersection with the savior of the world. A person who time is defined by this Jesus Christ that we speak about and we talk about at Christmas. In a lowly little manger, this same Jesus who comes in on a donkey and is crucified and is resurrected, is the same Jesus who can speak to your need and my need and your hurt and my hurt, and he can make a difference in our lives. This Jesus I speak about restores families. This Jesus that I speak about is a Jesus who is interested not only in my story, he's interested in yours. And he has the greatest potential to change your life and to make it better. And you may have come in today and you may say, my life is not what I've wanted. My life is not turned out exactly the way I planned. And what I want you to know is praise the Lord for that. Because he has a plan for you. These are uncertain times, but God is certain. These are uncertain times. You see, we can spend our lives focused on what we shoulda, coulda, and woulda done. Or we can focus on the here and now. We can't change the past. You cannot change past broken relationships. We cannot change the words that we've uttered, the poison that we've spread, or the poison that we have taken into our lives. But we can change in this moment. 
We can't change how our outlook was, but we can change how our outlook is. And our outlook will always determine our outcome. Through our world today, the people that we go to school with, the people that we work with, the people that are sitting beside us this morning, we all have a story. We all have a past. We all have a present. And we pray that we all have a God-given future. Because for those who have trusted in Christ, we know who he is, we know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter how the unfolding drama of God unfolds in our midst. All that matters is his promise that he is going to reconcile the world to himself. The people that will worship him in spirit and truth. The people that will know Jesus Christ, that will be committed to him, that will become his disciples, that will be obedient followers of his word, obedient followers of his way. Jesus Christ is the constant in these uncertain times. And the Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. And I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, we can't put our trust in government. They will fail us. We cannot put our trust... And our husband or our wife, eventually they will let us down. We cannot put our faith and trust in our children, though many of us attempt to live our lives through our children, but they too will let us down. People can't put their trust in any of us because we're always going to fall short somewhere, somehow, in some place. But God is the constant. God is always there. God is always listening. God is always present. And he's interested in each of us. The beauty of God's story is the fact that he's interested in the here and now. God does not care where we've been. God doesn't care how many churches we've planted, how many churches we've been a part of. God doesn't care how much evil we've propagated, how much evil has taken up residence in our lives. What he cares about is now. God doesn't care how great you've been for him or how bad you've been against him. God cares about now. God's also not interested in what your plans are for him in the future. God's not interested in your promises to him, but he's interested in delivering his promise to us now. Now is the time for salvation. Now is the time for God's favor. Now what I think is interesting is the Apostle Paul writes about this and he's actually quoting a verse from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 8. Now Isaiah, listen, Isaiah lived about 700, 750 years before the time of Christ. Now I want you to turn there in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 8. 
Uh, if you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen because it's basically 2 Corinthians 6, 2. And he quotes this. Now, God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah. Prophets were used to speak God's truth, and in particular, in these troubling times. And there's no time like the here and now that you and I need to hear the truth of God's word. He is steadfast love towards us. He is unconditional grace and favor towards us. Despite who we are, he shows up in the here and now and has the greatest potential to change our lives if we will just trust in his provision. If we will just lean in to his promise. He says in Isaiah 49.8, this is what the Lord says, In the time of my favor... I will answer you, speaking to Isaiah. And in the day of salvation, I will help you, Isaiah. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. There is no time like the now. And what Isaiah records, listen, a beautiful story. He's speaking of God's promise. And here's, here's the promise of God. Not only for the people of Isaiah's time, some 700, 750 years before Christ. But for the here and now today. God is not interested in giving you a promise. God is interested in us being a part of the promise. Look, look what he says in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 8. He says... I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people. In other words, he's not going to give us a promise. We are a part of the promise of God. He promises never to leave us forsake us. He wants us to be his instrument of change, his instrument of grace, his instrument of life into a dark world in which we go into. And God's hope and his desire for us as his church is to restore everywhere we go. It is to reassign places of desolation. When we go in and we see desolation and we see emptiness and we see brokenness, it is our God-given job as to be his promise and as his promise to be with the broken, to change the brokenness and bring them to fulfillment. To go with the people who are empty and to fill them up with the amazing love and grace of Jesus Christ. Because God is interested in brokenness. God is interested in restoring that which has been broken. And God is interested in filling up that which is empty. And he says to the captives, those who are in chains, he says to them, come out. And for those that are stuck in darkness, he says, be free. Now is the time. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So no matter what you brought to service this morning, no matter what kind of problem, no matter what kind of plan, no matter what kind of attitude, no matter what kind of bad habit, no matter what kind of outlook, God is interested in your story so that he can use your story to change your world, to change your surroundings. 
If you find yourself captive today, he has one word for you. Be free. You say that's two words. It's two words. Two words. Be free. Let go and allow God to restore the life, not that you've always wanted, but to restore the life that you and I have so desperately, desperately needed. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. As I look out in this room and as I look out in our community, there are a lot of hurting people. As I began this morning, there's a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of families in chaos. As I look in our community, there's a lot of churches in chaos. But God is not the author of confusion, nor is God the author of chaos. And he desires for us to be centered in him. Where there is darkness, he wants to tell us to be free from it. Where we are captive or enslaved by whatever choices that we've made or by whatever choices that have been made for us, whatever demons are lurking in our closets, whatever problems that are prevailing in our lives, God gives us the power through the work of the Holy Spirit and in the person of Jesus Christ to be done with it. To be able to say the very words of Jesus as he was dying on the cross and as he was breathing his last, he said these three words, it is finished. And the question this morning is, is it finished for us? Have we reached a point of desperation? Have we reached a point of desolation where we desperately, desperately need God to move because no amount of prayer seems to get around our circumstances? This seems like there's walls all over the place and we can't get over them. We can't crawl under them. We've not been able to go through them. But they seem to define us. And what God wants to say today is, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. God is interested in your story. He's interested in my story. He's interested in our story. Not just so that we have something to talk about, but so that he can change us and transform us into the people that he's always desired us to be. We began this service with baptism, beautiful baptism of a child who's come to know Christ and a beautiful baptism of a gentleman who has walked with God for decades. And yet today he chose as a day to just to captivate this moment and say now is the time to stand. Now is the time for us as a church to reach out. Now is a time for a church to really begin evaluating our brokenness, to be evaluating our own needs, to be evaluating our community's needs, and to attempt to meet those needs one child, one male, one female at a time. Tangibly touching people's lives. You want to see a church grow beyond leaps and bounds? Then you and I have to be engaged in reaching and helping the broken and the desolate, speaking truth and fulfillment and always, 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 always standing in this moment for him. 
Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. There is no time like now. You and I, we can, as I've said, change our past. We're not promised a future. We only have now. Now is the time. If you're here this morning, you're not here by chance. God knew you would be here long before he ever uttered these words to Isaiah. I want you to think about that. It's amazing how much God plans things and how much God uses things and circumstances and relationships to bring about his truth. If you are what I call a prodigal, and that is someone who's decided, you know what, I, I've been in church, I've done that, I've got the t-shirt, I didn't like the t-shirt they gave out, it's more than I bargained for, and you looked at the church and you're like, I don't like the church because they are a bunch of hypocrites. I want to tell you you're exactly right. You're exactly right. We are hypocrites. We are. We need to confess that. Because on any given day, we do not measure up to that which we are pointing people to. We fail every day in every way. And so we need to confess to you, we're sorry for not measuring up. But what we want you to know is, in our attempt, we are worshiping a God whom measurement is defined by. A perfect God who is interested in you and me and interested in us being a part and being the promise that he promised so long ago. A promise never to leave us or forsake us. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Some of you have been prodigals and you've ventured away from the church and you've gone your own way. And some of you have been quite happy going your own way. And you have been able to live life and you've not had any tragedy or any storms or any problems. And for that, I want to say thank you for experiencing God's amazing grace despite your fellowship of Him. But what I also want you to know is storms come to everybody's life. So if you have been in a season of your life where you've not had any and things have been going great and you felt like you don't need God, I'm so happy that you've had that experience. But my question to you is, what happens when the storm comes? What happens when chaos ensues? What happens when your spouse decides, I'm not interested in you anymore? What happens when your children say, Mom, Dad, I don't feel like going to church anymore. In fact, I want to do what I want to do. I'm not interested in dating the person you want me to date. I'm going to date whom I want to date. And Mom and Dad sit at home and they're praying earnestly. Please, 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 please let her quit dating him. Or please, 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 dear God, let him quit dating her. She is a bad influence. You know what's interesting about that? I never have a parent say that their child's the bad influence. It's always the other one. It's always, you know, it's always somebody else's child, you know? There's no time like the now. Some of you prodigals who've gone out 
and you have not really, you haven't really, you've wanted to, you kind of wanted to, to maybe try church again. Or, and I want to, pro, I'll give you this promise. We're not like a lot of other churches. And, and I'll say this. We're not like a lot of other Southern Baptist churches. I grew up Southern Baptist. This is the first one that's, I mean, this, this one's pretty different. I love it. I love it. Uh, because, you know, we, we're Baptist and we have these, I don't know, clay pots with lights in them. I'm not sure what that is. But we have these clay pots with lights in them. Uh, and you walk in. It can be intimidating outside. We have these beautiful stained glass. It's wonderful. But this is not the church. The church is around you. It's the people. A, a building can't bring enthusiasm. But the church can. And God can. And he's doing it. He's working in people's lives. And this is a perfect time to get plugged back in. Because as you plug back in, we don't care where you've been. And we don't care who you've been with. We're only interested in what God's interested in. That's the now. Your testimony is not about where you've been and all the problems and when you were down in the ditch and whatever else went on, your testimony is what this moment brings. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. In other words, now is the time for you to get things right. This is a God-sized opportunity. And you're like, gosh, I really want to focus on lunch. It's 15 to 12. Some of you were excited that it was only 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And said, how in the world is he going to preach for 40 minutes on that? And I'm getting ready to shut up. Because you see, the invitation is not about what I say. It's not about what I manipulate. It's about him. Now is the time of God's favor... Now is your day of salvation. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted in Christ, I mean really trust in Christ. I'm not talking about join a church. Yeehaw, glad you did that. I'm talking about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, of accepting him at his word. He loves you. He wants you. We want you. ...to become a part of his great plan here at First Baptist Church. Maybe you're here this morning and someone invited you... ...and they, they coerced you into coming. If you're a child, you were probably forced against your will to be here... ...to put down your Nintendo or your Xbox... ...or whatever else you play, to come to church. And some of you, some of your moms are leaning over now and say... ...put that up, put that up, you're not supposed to be playing that in church. But the reality is this... God loves you. He has a plan for you. Today's experience is a reality that you are never too young and you are never too old to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And our hope and our prayer at First Baptist is that you will plug in, that you will accept God's favor. And listen, God's favor is not based on how good you look or how good you smell. God's favor is not based on all the things that you're doing. Some of you are smelling your arms even as I speak. I'm not going to point you out. 
she sang, thank you. <laughs> it's not based on how we perform. It's not based on whether we dressed right. See, I had this dilemma this morning as I was in the baptism. I decided I really didn't want to wear this. And I had a pair of jeans that were holy. Uh, and I was going to wear holy jeans and a t-shirt. Uh, but that's really not me. Uh, and this is what I want you to know. Uh, and, and some of you are thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad he didn't dress down for this occasion. Uh, some of you are shaking your head. Here's the reality. God's not interested in what you wear. He doesn't care whether you have an earring here, earring here, something here. Other places as well, doesn't really matter. He's interested in this, your heart. Forgive us, people, for sometimes looking at you on the exterior and making a judgment about you, about your interior from what we see on the exterior. Just as you can't judge a book by the cover, you can't judge a person about whether they are a follower of God necessarily just by the way they dress. And if you dress differently and alternatively or however it is you dress and you do it as an expression of yourself, the invitation this morning is simply this. We want you to become an expression of Jesus Christ in whatever way that takes form. If you've gotten out of the habit of church, if you've been burned, if you've been hurt in a church, listen, I've been a part of at least half a dozen churches in my life. Some of them in a great experiences and some of them Whew, they've been rough. Some of them I experienced as a minister on staff. Others I experienced as a lay person. Church can be rough. Spirituality is messy. Following Christ is crazy. But it's the right thing to do. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. As we go into a time of invitation, I'm just simply going to ask this. If you've never trusted in Christ before, we want to give you that opportunity. What that means is this. If you never received Christ, you want to receive Him today. As we get up and we sing, we're going to simply ask you to come and walk down the aisle. I'll meet you down here. I'll pray for you. It's not about magic words that you say. It's a matter, it's a matter of what the Holy Spirit does in your heart and your mind. And we'll just pray together and then we'll follow up in conversation. Maybe some of you have gone, you've accepted Christ, but you have gone on your own way. You were a prodigal. And what I want you to know is we at First Baptist Church, we love to have prodigals come home. We're waiting for you. We've been praying for you. And we want to receive you, even in this moment, as good or if not better than what it, what it was the first time around. Because we believe that God is in the business of restoring lives, of changing hearts, because he's restored ours and he's changed ours. Maybe you're here this morning, God is calling you for specific ministry and wants you to be plugged in in some, some way. Quit worrying about how you can't do something and start accepting the fact that you can, in Christ, do all things. In this invitation, in the here and now, we invite you to respond to the time of God's favor, to the day of salvation. This is a time and an opportunity designed specifically for us. And make no mistake about it, every man, woman, and child in this room will make a decision today. We will either choose life 
We will choose Christ. We will choose to follow Him. We will choose to align ourselves to His purpose, to His word, and to His will. Or we will continue skimming across the surface of life. One of these days you'll get tired of skimming the surface. One of these days you'll want to put down roots. One of these days you'll want to experience fulfillment like you have never experienced before. But our belief is simply this. Now is the time for God's favor. And now is the time for yours and mine and our salvation. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you today for this back-to-church opportunity. And God, forgive us for falling short. Forgive us for messing up. Forgive us for not thinking or saying the right things. Forgive us for hurting people. Father, for those that come today at this altar and they say, I'm broken, I'm tired, I'm weary, I feel like I'm alone, I feel like I don't have any friends, I feel like I'm, I just feel lost. God, may we latch on to your amazing grace and your steadfast love towards us. Father, for those that want to become a return to be a part of First Baptist Church, there's no time like the now. God, thank you so much for changing hearts and attitudes. Thank you for changing behavior. Thank you for changing the culture of First Baptist Church and continuing to align us and making it like you. Help us to be a haven for those that need help. Help us to be a ministry to those who are broken. Help us to reach down and get dirty with people. Because God, we understand that when you work in people's lives, that you are not too holy or too great to be made weak for our sake. God, thank you for helping us to be the promise. And Lord, for those that are hurting today, for those that have petitioned you this week with needs and wants and desires for change. Lord, I pray that either you change their circumstances or, Father, you change them in the midst of their circumstances. Father, this is your time. Now is the time for your favor. Now is the day of salvation as we respond, as we pray. And as we seek your face, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand as we close, as we invite, as we sing, as we praise, and as we respond.